Hey, Jen, I would not trade being a small business owner for anything in the world. It's just in my DNA. Oh, neither would I. But sometimes, oh my goodness, it's messy. Oh, it sure is. So today it's time for some straight talk. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. So today we're drinking bourbon. This cocktail is called the Scofflaw. What is it, Jen? <laughs> well, it, it kind of tastes like strawberry hard candy. Those old-fashioned ones your grandma used to have, you know what I'm talking about? It does, it does. Um, Which is surprising for a bourbon, of course. It's got bourbon, vermouth, lemon juice, grenadine, bitters, a little bit of twist of garnish. I don't know how that all combines to taste the way it does, but it's it's nice. It is nice. And I think you meant grandma's strawberry hard candy in a good way, right? You meant that? Yeah. (laughs) That is a compliment. The kinds, those really yummy ones that used to come out of her purse. You know what I'm talking about. Uh Uh-huh. My grandma's purse was filled with those and um, oyster crackers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hard butter scotches, too. Hard butter scotches are another one. Yeah. We'll find a drink for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, the good, the bad, or the ugly. Where shall we start? So how many years have you been a business owner? Um, we are on our 22nd year. That how is amazing. You? Well, I've been running a small business for about 20 years, but I didn't become a partner until I don't remember when. It's been about 15 years for me. Um, so together, we have nearly 40 years of experience. Should we advertise that? I don't, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? Together. Well, we're not screwing up. That's right. Yet. But, but that's the whole thing about the good, the bad, and the ugly is because, like, nothing's promised. No. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in business. No. And it's it's so true because, you know, when you look at data, quite a few small businesses don't succeed. So every time you reach a milestone, two years, five years, seven years, you feel like you've won the lottery in some ways. You're like, whew, I made it past that statistic or I made it past this statistic. So, um, but I'll be honest, when I started this business, I wasn't thinking 20 years out. I wasn't even thinking seven years out, to be honest. Yeah. I did not start with a long-term business plan, I started because I wanted freedom and I thought I had the ideas and I could make it work and all of those, you know, upstart optimistic things. Yeah. So what are your, what's the good for you? Like, what are your favorite things about being an entrepreneur? Honestly, the longer I'm in it, the more it's helping other people. I really like it. I like helping our clients and seeing them succeed and helping them get their strategies in order and communicate those well. And I, I really like employing people and being able to have a place where people are happy to spend their days. I don't know. How about you? You know, I can't agree with you more. Um, I didn't, I didn't start loving being an entrepreneur because of being purpose driven, but I think as I've, as I've aged and as I've, you know, continue to get to know my grown-up self, um, knowing that what I do makes a difference and knowing that I'm partnering with clients that make a difference makes the job so incredibly satisfying. And um, and I know you have an amazing team, but man, I do too. And I really enjoy the people that I get to do that with. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice. And it's, it's, I guess I've, 
probably over the past couple of years, I've, I've reflected on it quite a bit, the being an employer part of being a business owner, right? Um, because I don't think a ton of people get into small business ownership thinking about being an employer. Employer sounds like a big thing. Um, but over the past couple of years, when our culture and everything has been a mess, there, I've thought about it more. And I, I'm really lucky that people want to work with me and want to pitch in on this idea that we've got and help our clients. And every time they succeed, I get very excited. And every time I see a client really trust one of our staff and know that the two of them are forming a relationship, I get really excited about it. It's very different than the things that, that I thought were the good parts about it early in the game. Yeah, for sure. I still like those early in the game things. Don't get me wrong. That One of the other things I love about being an entrepreneur is I, it sounds so funny because I'm so competitive. Like I love winning. I love, and not just winning for the sake of winning. Like I, I get giddy at the opportunity to have new clients because they're like new friends that you're going to have or like new adventures you're going to take. And I love that. Yeah. The interesting thing about our industry is each of our clients has a mission and an adventure, right? And a problem to solve and a hill to climb. And we get to go along on that ride a little bit. Yeah. And so not only do we get to, you know, climb our own hill and scope out our own adventure, but like somebody has an idea and a problem and a, and a goal and we're like, yeah, we'll go with you. Let's yeah. do it. I love it. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. <laughs> but sometimes this conversation is starting to remind me of like in an interview when you talk about your strengths and weaknesses and you're like, yeah, but my weakness is my strength. <laughs> but so <laughs> it's like some of the good is also the bad, right? Oh, sure. There's, you know, you love employing people, but I know when you get stressed out about human resources issues that that's just the hardest thing. Right. Yeah. I guess two sides to the coin. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean... There is a. There are times when you don't sleep. There are times when things worry you or vex you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's a risk to owning a business. You, you know, not only is there a financial risk, but there's, um, you know, it all comes back to you. Even if one of your employees does something wrong, it rests on the responsibility rests on your shoulders. So, um, you know, that's that's not the most awesome thing. Um, yeah. But well, it's just, it comes, it comes with the territory. It does. And as I, on my days when I'm weary, because sometimes we get there, I always think, wouldn't it be nice to have a job where the paychecks just fell out of the sky? You know, my mythical corporate job where even if you didn't work very hard, even if you didn't accomplish your goals, you still get paid at the end of the day. And, and that is something forever and solid. That feels really mythical to me. It probably is mythical everywhere, to be honest. But You you would hate that. <laughs> of course I would hate that. But on the days when you're projecting, you're thinking, yeah. oh, you didn't win a client or a contract didn't go the way you thought it was going to or what have you. Sometimes it would be nice to just have paychecks fall out of the sky without any effort and yeah. having to put your best foot forward. Like winning the lottery? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So that think, and growing. Oh, oh man. Well, and that, that's where I was going to is like, I didn't know that growing a business took so long, right? That 
I am much more likely to like sprinting than marathoning and I'm because of my patience, right? Um, and growing a business is a slow burn and it takes these little notches, these little notches, these little notches until you get there. Um, and that patience is really hard for me. Yeah. And the patience might not be the hard part for me, but the the never-ending nature of it. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so y- you can't get to a point and say, I'm done, because the marketplace won't let you. Something new has been invented, some, some new angle or cultural approach. Phenomenon happens that changes the course of how you do things, and you have to stay relevant, and you have to keep you have to make the decision: Is this the right size for me? Should I get bigger? Should I get smaller? Should I go for clients in this industry versus that industry? You, there are, and you have to have the answers to those questions. Yeah, and those those questions never, ever, ever stop, ever, ever. Which on a good day is really good, and on a bad day is really exhausting. Yeah. Well, it's it's. One of the other things that I think is bad is, you know, I think entrepreneurs, one of the character traits we all kind of share is that we're self-motivated. But, you know, there are days where that doesn't exist. And it's like, oh. Yeah. I'd like to coast, please. I would like to coast for a minute. Where's the downhill? Yeah, for sure. And just like, you know, because we're human. (laughs) Sure. And, and, you know, with good teams, sometimes we get a minute to coast because our team can hold, you know, hold the ball, right? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's our job to not make them have to take over in a way that is too much. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, and the one, the, the one that was bad for me before, but probably isn't now mostly because of our podcast is it's a lonely place. Yeah. There's no one people who don't run businesses or lead, I often think executive directors are a lot like entrepreneurs, but people who are not in that position don't understand that the volume of those decisions Mm. and you can't, you don't have peers really. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, and because I cut my teeth in entrepreneurship with a business partner and I don't have a business partner now, there is a sense of loneliness for sure. I, I have always wondered about that, how it feels. Well, and I had a business partner for a while, but it, it is different. So there's being an entrepreneur and having partners. Then there's a being an entrepreneur and you're a solo. And then there's the weird uh, competition or not within your industry. So do you really know what your industry is like? Because... Are your competitors going to give up their trade secrets? It's all very strange. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think the Jen and Karen show here has been really nice for me because it's the closest thing I have to up here to say, how are we doing this thing? Yeah. Run it up the flagpole. Yeah. Which is where we, to transition badly, get to talk talk about the ugly parts, right? (laughs) Yeah. Here's the deal. You're going to fail. Like that's the straight talk. Yes. That doesn't mean your business fails, but failure is inherent in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And disappointment. Oh. And as much as you like to win, losing. Oh, sometimes yeah. you lose. I hate losing. And bad hires and bad decisions and bad contracts 
you know, things you didn't think out as well as you should have and running up against the things that you wish you would have known when you started. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that stuff. But think about like, because of my bad hires, there is a set of characteristics that I, that I know won't work here. A set of, yeah. So I just won't, that won't happen again. That's true. And because of my bad hires, it has made me look for entirely different character traits in the people I hire. Yeah. And turns out they're better character traits. Yeah. Than the ones before, you know? We're better for it. The ugly is um, when I think back to being optimistic and and all the good things that make you an entrepreneur, I'm optimistic and I believe in people and, and we can do great things. And so you go into this almost sometimes naively, like everything's going to be great and everybody's awesome. And then somebody's not awesome. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, that person was a douchebag. Who knew? And you never expect somebody to be a douchebag because you're not a douchebag. Right. I just expect everybody to be like kind and fair and normal and do their stuff the way it's supposed to be done. And then sometimes you run across people. And they really can disappoint you. And I think that's one of the ugliest parts is you see parts of people that are kind of disappointing. Yeah. I don't know. But then you can just say goodbye to them. Yes. And you get new, better people. (laughs) I think one of the ugliest parts, and this is not, this is an inward reflection, not about others, but I really hate that sometimes my best effort isn't enough. I don't like that professionally. I don't like that as a spouse. I don't like that as a mother or a friend that even when you did your best, it wasn't enough. I really, it really hurts. It really hurts me to not be enough for somebody else. Sidebar on that. Who, who is, who is telling you what is enough? Where is that metric coming from? Other than your brain. (laughs) Thank you for the therapy session. You're welcome. I, I, well, your best efforts might not be enough to win the gig. Your best efforts might not be enough to grow your business the way you think you want to grow your business. Your best efforts might not be enough to solve a problem or to satisfy a need. So this, like your job. Yeah, that's fair. And sometimes it's just not enough. And um, and that's really hard for me. Interesting. That is, in a professional sense, that is less hard for me. It is annoying to me, not hard. Um, so the, the emotion I feel when, when, when we don't win a new gig or something like that is more annoyed, a little angry and well, learned my lesson there. Next time I need to do X, Y, Z, you know? So I don't, I, I feel like I approach that different than you do. So it's interesting to hear, hear your oh, take on personal. that. it's personal. It's personal. <laughs> I internalize it. I'll admit it. I think the ugly part, the other ugly part that, that I feel sometimes is that work-life balance. And this is such a, this is another two-sided coin, right? Like sometimes I am so thankful to have a job that I love so much that I think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? On the other hand... Maybe that's not so cool. I remember once, um, no, it's it, it's a teeter-totter 
That's why it's called balance, right? Um, I remember once, I'm going to tell a little Jen story. I remember once um, both of our youngest sons or both of our sons were playing soccer against one another. And I was standing on the sidelines um, in the cold talking with your spouse. And it dawned on me that you weren't there. I looked around and I didn't see you. And I'm like, oh, is Jen not coming today? And he said, no, something we passed, she's in the car, something we passed on the way here made her, gave her an idea for a client and she's taking notes in the car (laughs) on a Saturday. Missing the soccer game. You would just miss warmups in fairness. Fair. Um, but yeah, the work like there's, there's always always something it's always in there. Like, you know, and I think our children see, you know, see us take client, you know, I've taken plenty of client calls while I'm sauteing something or browning meat, you know, like, like it's just, you're, it's always, you're always on. Um, and if you're not always on, your brain's always on. And so, um, yeah, but at the same time, being self-employed also means that you don't have to miss the Halloween party at school if you don't want to. True. Um, because you don't have somebody breathing down your neck. It also means that you can encourage your employees to not miss the Halloween parties. Yeah. Yeah. It The, the flexibility it allows us to have and allows us to give is probably one of the most valuable things in my entire life, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because you can choose... And you can, you know, sometimes it, it takes over your Saturday and you're sitting in your car writing down an idea. And and other times it allows people to fit things into their life in a weird Tetris way that never could have happened in a more corporate structured environment. I agree with you. And how do you think the pandemic has impacted the good, the bad, and the ugly? That's, what has the pandemic revealed about the good, the bad, and the ugly? That's a really interesting question. For me, it has revealed that human connections with clients and staff are really important and they are harder to achieve in this new environment, remote. Um, I can see the disconnect between humans in places where there were not. And it's not that people are unhappy or... The work is necessarily suffering, but there's some little bit of magic that I don't know how to articulate that I see has evaporated from the in-betweens in many spaces. Does that Mm. make sense? Mm -hmm. I miss um, playing board games on Fridays after lunch. Oh, yeah. You guys did that all the time. It would be fun to walk by and see you. That's the magic for me in between the spaces. Um, but at the same time, I think the, the the absolute need to innovate and question how you do your business and, and when and how and where. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've always had a distant employee who doesn't live in the same state, but I think a lot of people realize that their candidate pool can be much wider. Yeah. That's true. Um, and it allowed us to get rid of a lot of things that we were clutching that we thought we needed. Oh, for sure. You know, whether those be physical things like piles of print, printed pieces of paper or infrastructure things or processes or pants, because you're on Zoom, you don't need your pants. (laughs) (laughs) Are you making, are you pointing out my office slippers right now? You do have office slippers on. 
but you know, a lot of the, I don't know, the infrastructure we thought we needed, we don't need it in order to do good work. So that's nice. Yeah. I think one of the ugly things too, and, um, you know, not to incite a riot, but like that, that businesses would have to require certain behaviors after the pandemic. So whether it's requiring vaccination or to mask or not to mask. And the fact that that's become so contentious is kind of part of the ugly part of doing business. Um, not that it's become ugly in our businesses, but just in general. Um, well, hear me out. That leads me to think the fact that business has to be so involved with people's personal decisions yeah. in a number of different ways and businesses, I mean, like deep down, the fact that if your business fails or has a rough patch, you and your staff could literally go hungry or have a hard time paying the rent Yeah, is a, is a failing of society somehow, right? Yeah. So when you think about the heaviness of if, if you let this thing break, people are harmed Mm-hmm. On the one hand, and on the other hand, that you have to even th- consider your employees' health choices or needs in order to get your work done is bananas, right? Oh my gosh, so bananas! We don't want to. We we don't want to know. Yeah. So I guess the one thing I will say about this: the whole good, bad, ugly. When you get into it, the entrepreneurial thing, you don't know about the ugly. You you know that there's some bad out there. You know, can, intellectually you understand it's not all going to be easy, but you get into it really starry-eyed. And um and that's okay because sometimes you're just tiptoeing in. I would say a lot some of entrepreneurship is is like walking into the water. You're walking in, it's a little cold, but it's kind of thrilling, feels good on your toes. At some point you get to the point where you are no longer standing, you're swimming. And then you, at some point, get to the point where you can't see the bottom, except for that thing that just brushed you on the ankle. <laughs> you know what I mean? What the, what the fuck is that? What the hell? <laughs> and I would say that's kind of entrepreneurship. I'm really glad I didn't get dumped into the murky deeps from the start. Yeah. I kind of yeah. crept my way here. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there's there's murky things in the deep. You just have to know that they're there and be brave enough to let them touch your ankle once in a while and know you're, they're not going to pull you under or be a good enough swimmer to not get pulled under, I guess. It's a really great metaphor. Cause the Kraken's going to get you. Locky. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was actually swimming. This, this sounds so bougie, but we visited Greece and we were swimming in the ocean and, and you know, Greece is a very um, mountainous and I was like, how deep is the ocean here where I am right now? And how large could the thing be that might be under my feet? And I just freaked myself the fuck out about the giant monster that could be under my feet right now. And I didn't know. <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? I, I don't know. But think about it. Right? Yeah. I was uh, scuba diving once and um, I... I <laughs> scoop it to the shelf and you know it was like 
perfectly clear. I could see the bottom and, and the top anyway. But past and then the, we shelf. Hit the shelf, and I'm like, it's, it's like, black. Oh my god! It's just I can't see a thing. It's, I'm gonna go back. It's way scarier than Ms. Frizzle made it out in that Magic School Bus book. Do you remember that one where they visit the Continental Shelf? I do. Yeah. I've seen every damn episode of that show. <laughs> Anyway, so there's this part of entrepreneurship that's the deep, scary water, and you don't know what's underneath you. And that's kind of ugly sometimes. But man, water's nice. But man, water's nice. And the view is good. And the drinks are good when they're in a beautiful <laughs> glass and they're made of bourbon and taste like a strawberry candy. From the bottom of your grandmother's purse. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma never had those. And like the ones that I have in my head, you know, they have like that little wrapper that looks like a strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. I love those things. Anyway, I don't know how we got bourbon to taste like that, but it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've got. The good, the bad, oh, the man. ugly. The end. The end. <laughs> Entrepreneurship touches every area of your life, particularly when you're born into it. Join us next time for guest Lillian Werbin, second-generation entrepreneur, president and co-owner of Elderly Instruments, and all-around cool girl. We can't wait to talk to her about building community, leading an industry, and carrying on a legacy. 